I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tortoise. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today... The massive increase in content showing the sexual abuse of children online and what's being done to stop it. And just a warning, this episode contains descriptions of child abuse. You are one click away from it. It could just appear on social media. It could be while you're searching for, I don't know, some car parts and all of a sudden something pops up. This is Amelia. She works for the Internet Watch Foundation, an organisation which takes down online images of child sexual abuse. Members of the public report what they find to the IWF, and it's her team's job to remove that content from the internet. Amelia isn't her real name. We were asked to change it because of the work that she does. So our priority is identifying the children. We look for uniforms, we look for posters on the bedroom walls, usernames on their social media. When I first started, um, there was a report had come through of a young girl. It was a recording of a live streaming and she was being coerced into undressing and she had school uniform on and we were able to identify where she was where she lived and she was actually from Italy. A new report by the Internet Watch Foundation has found that content showing the most extreme online sexual abuse of children, which is referred to as Category A, has doubled since 2020. It is a difficult issue to discuss, but it tells us something about the dangers of the increasingly online world many young people inhabit and how they're drawn into the darkest corners of it. So we saw during COVID, um, children were in their bedrooms, in the house 24-7, online all the time, 100% dependent on being online for education, for communication, networking, socialising, entertainment. Susie Hargreaves is the head of the Internet Watch Foundation. So in about 2012, we started seeing what was a very new phenomenon where the sexual abuse of a child was happening without the perpetrator being in the room with them so that children were being located online and then being tricked and coerced and encouraged into engaging in sexual activities. But the charity saw that phenomenon really accelerated once lockdowns came into effect. Maybe the perpetrator might try and send messages to hundreds of children and get lucky with a couple, if that's the right phrase to use. So actually, people will just try their luck because they know that children were online. And there are so many more platforms in which children are online. More than half of the content reported to the Internet Watch Foundation is officially classed as self-generated. A term Amelia, the IWF analyst you heard from earlier, doesn't agree with. To me, self-generated content isn't self-generated. 
It's children who are being coerced or groomed into performing sexually and being recorded either by themselves or by a perpetrator. And then it's distributed. They may be extorted uh, and shared around. You can't put the blame on the children because the, the perpetrators are they're taking advantage of the children's vulnerability and natural curiosity and the fact that the child is in a safe place, usually in the bedroom. She says both boys and girls are affected, but it's mainly girls between the ages of 7 and 11. Here's Susie Hargreaves again. We have seen children sort of sexualized and um, also, you know, doing things for likes and seemingly actively engaging in this. They're not physically or emotionally mature enough to know what's happening. They can be flattered and tricked into sharing these sexual activities. But things are being done to tackle the problem. Hello, I'm Jeevan Varsaga. I'm climate editor at Tortoise and host of a new podcast called Counter Crisis from the Centre for Disaster Protection a UK government-funded international organisation which works to change how the world plans and pays for disasters. If you follow the news, you'll know that more people than ever are in need of humanitarian assistance. War and climate change are affecting millions, but the solutions haven't really kept pace. Finance is key. We saw during the pandemic that the countries that found it easiest to borrow money were the most able to respond, and not the countries that were the most affected. Across three episodes, covering disasters, the losses caused by climate change, and our response to disease outbreaks, I'm going to try and make sense of this. Why are the current ways we respond to crises inadequate? And how can we do better? I'll be speaking to experts to rethink the recovery from crisis and find out why pre-arranged finance can help get aid where it's needed. You can listen now. Search for Counter Crisis wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode. The Internet Watch Foundation wants to remove every single image of child sexual abuse online. But with cases rising at an alarming rate, that looks like an almost impossible task. Still, Susie Hargreaves says the technology they use to detect the material is improving. Now, in the past... We used to play what we call whack-a-mole. We'd take them down one image at a time. Uh, a few years ago, we were able to start applying a digital fingerprint to those images, a hash. And we currently have about 1.7 million unique hashes on our hash list, and that grows every day. So every single time someone tries to upload it onto a platform, hopefully it will, it will hit against that list and we'll take that image down before anybody's seen it. It's important work because children who have been abused can be re-traumatised if they know images of their abuse are still circulating online. Talking to a survivor who, who, who explained to me that she's, she was once in a shopping mall in the States and somebody came up to her and said they'd seen her image on the internet. And she said, you know, that she feels unsafe all the time. She says she cannot walk into a room without thinking, has someone seen those images of me being abused? Susie says the UK is a world leader in preventing online sexual abuse, in part because the authorities can easily block illegal websites from being hosted on British servers. Less than a quarter of a percent of what we found last year was hosted in the UK, and that's because 
if we find child sexual abuse, we uh, run it by the police, we get it removed, sometimes in under two minutes. In other countries, the police have to go to the courts to get content taken down. But the UK is still flooded with millions of pages of Category A abuse. And the government's online safety bill, which promised to bring in stronger protections, has still not been passed after years of delay. While Susie Hargreaves and her team wait for tougher legislation, their work at the Internet Watch Foundation continues. When people say to me, well, what's the point? Because you'll never win. I, I always say, well, every single image is a real child. So we take down thousands of images every day. And I always say it's a war of attrition. And we, if we have to, we'll remove those one image at a time because we can't give up. Thank you for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written by Rebecca Moore and mixed by Patricia Clark. Tortoise. Hello, I'm Jeevan Varsaga. I'm climate editor at Tortoise and host of a new podcast called Counter Crisis from the Centre for Disaster Protection a UK government-funded international organisation which works to change how the world plans and pays for disasters. If you follow the news, you'll know that more people than ever are in need of humanitarian assistance. War and climate change are affecting millions, but the solutions haven't really kept pace. Finance is key. We saw during the pandemic that the countries that found it easiest to borrow money were the most able to respond, and not the countries that were the most affected. Across three episodes, covering disasters, the losses caused by climate change, and our response to disease outbreaks, I'm going to try and make sense of this. Why are the current ways we respond to crises inadequate, and how can we do better? I'll be speaking to experts to rethink the recovery from crisis, and find out why pre-arranged finance can help get aid where it's needed. You can listen now. Search for Counter Crisis, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the feed to make sure you don't miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.